0: Welcome to the People in Supply Chains podcast, where we share the best strategies to help you take control of your supply chain, to reduce costs, and improve customer experience. My name is David Andrews, your host. Thank you for joining us. We are, of course, uh, at our homes during this COVID-19 crisis, and we're hoping that you are all staying safe as well. I'm here with Jeff Taney. He leads the truckload operations and client solution teams at eShipping. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. You have 25 years of great experience in the industry. You've worked with some of the largest shippers in the United States, so thank you so much for joining us, man. Great, great to be here. Thank you, David. So in this episode, we're talking about the three ways to pandemic-proof your full truckload and logistics program. Obviously, there's been a lot of, you know, lack of a better word, chaos uh, across multiple industries, and this is nothing new now. And Jeff, I'd, I'd love to hear your, ass, your, your perception of what's happening and how uh, individuals and shippers and businesses can um, combat these challenges that are being affected. Let's start with the economic challenges, and what are sure. you seeing um, the effects on specifically the truckload market? Yeah,
1: so, it's been, so thanks, it's been a really interesting truckload market over these last, what, month and a half, almost two months. Um, you know, a couple of things. When COVID first hit, you know, it's been, it was interesting. We were already in a bit of a down market in truckload, right, if you come off the spikes of, you know, late 2017, 2018. And then we started seeing it come down in 2019. Um, but when COVID hit, we saw some substantial spikes out of the gate. And that was driven by a few things, right? Um, we're all familiar with the rush on you know, certain CPG items. Um, but then we also saw some shippers trying to push out inventory you know, ahead of a shelter in place order. So we saw those spikes happening and they were relatively short lived. And then we saw an immediate drop um, in the truckload market. And I would say over the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see that stabilize, but that drop was pretty substantial. Um, and I, it's been really interesting when we've had, you know, these supply chain disruptions and things that have happened in industry, you know, what makes COVID a little bit unique, I think, is that it's affected also, you know, there's, there's different things happening with supply and with demand. Meaning, right, you've got certain items that there's a strong demand for, and then you've got other items where um, there's, just not the, there's just not the supply to hit them, or there's, you know, it's just an imbalance of supply and demand, which makes this one a little bit unique. Um, and now we're seeing a pretty good stabilization, um, you know, as far as carrier rates um, after coming down. And there's definitely a lot of things happening in the carrier network right now. A lot of carriers, you know, they set up their own internal networks um, based on certain shippers, you know, performing as normal. And so a number of carriers we also saw had severe lane imbalances. So if you think about like a retail space, right, where you had stores closing, so you have carriers that a specific, you know, part of their network was basically shut down. So they, maybe they're servicing food and beverage in another lane, but using retail to position their equipment. Um, so we've seen those lane imbalances also you know, have a negative effect on some, how some
0: of the carriers are, are servicing. Mm. Lots of different things going on. The lanes, um, it's, it's starting to level out is what you said. Um, I, I wouldn't expect anything different for these challenges to come when things spike and dip, right? Um, within specific supply chains uh, of of shippers what are your customers um, telling you what are you seeing Um, how is it affecting the greater whole of their business
1: yeah so you know when it it comes to that it's really different by different you know different shippers that we work with and so I think it's it's hard to give just a broad um, blanket answer there but if you start looking at inventory so a shipper that may have you know inventory is going to be a thing that i think we're going to be hearing quite a bit about over the next several weeks and months about how people are positioning inventory so if you look at you know the item you know look at a channel that maybe had strong demand um you know from an inventory perspective they may have had a strategy where they warehouse a certain amount of items and now we're seeing maybe more than go plant direct because one they've exhausted maybe inventory within a within a node in their supply chain and now they're going plant direct um and they've also some of them have also narrowed their SKU base um, so that they can keep up with demand. Um you can see that if you go to the grocery store, you may not notice as many different flavors or variety of whatever you might buy. Um and a lot of that, some of that is just to keep up with demand. So inventory is definitely one of them. And it really is um, you know, it's gonna be interesting for the folks that have, you know, more seasonal type inventory that may have brought in seasonal inventory, you know, and ready for you know, an April distribution, um, yeah. there's gonna be some inventory challenges there as another season is coming in. Specifically, I think take apparel as an example, but there's other seasonal businesses out there. Um, you know, they're used to a certain set schedule and now all of a sudden we're looking at it's back to school time almost. So now what am I gonna do with that inventory um, am I going to speed it up, slow it down? How, how am I going to manage that? So I think that's one of the things that I think a lot about when we're working with our shippers and how they're positioned and understanding, you know, the inventory within their network, not just their own, but also their,
0: their suppliers as well. All right. I can, I can imagine that inventory it's spinning it's up and down and, you know, you might not have the, the suppliers to, to, um, order the inventory because they're either shut down or they're delayed or whatever the case may be i can imagine how chaotic that could be for some shippers within specific industries
1: yeah you're spot on and you know there's been a number of information out there in publications and such but there's definitely seems to be a sense of more folks um considering you know near shoring um you know supply strategies versus purely asia-based um supply strategies because it's you know it's been really interesting and the markets have been out of whack right so when we had you know, imports largely dry up and shipping dry up on the West Coast, we saw, you know, substantial rate spikes um, going into the West Coast, largely because there was the West Coast, which is suddenly this pretty nice headhaul market is now became a backhaul market. Um, so this just speaks to that volatility that you
0: were mentioning earlier. So we have three simple um, or, or ideas for yeah. shippers to to help pandemic proof their truckload and logistics program, um, as we continue to uh, go down this 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 world of uncertainty, um, mm-hmm. these are very simple tips that I know you have come up with, and um, some ideas that might help uh, shippers, um, you know, better help stabilize what's happening within their business in their logistics program. So I'd like to go through uh, those three right now. Sure. The first one um, is combating market volatility there's some ways that we can combat this right and there's shifts that we're seeing there's um, some tips and ideas that we can do to make sure that we stabilize the ship as as markets go up and down and dip and all sorts of things happen what are ways or first of all let's start what are you seeing as far as market volatility goes jeff
1: Yeah, so again, we talked about the early spike and then a decline and we've seen it been relatively flat. And, you know, depending on your projection, I mean, I think most people are now realizing that this isn't gonna be a V-shaped return where all of a sudden there's this big demand. Um, It might be more of a slow increase demand and we're seeing that as states start opening up. So, volatility is still there, some of these lane imbalances are there, but it's it's definitely not to the extent we saw just a few weeks ago. you know, and again, the supply demand constraints uh, I'll share out there, but from a volatility standpoint, um, it's definitely dropped, but it seems to be stabilized. We're seeing a few lanes, David, um, that we're seeing a little more volatility as, you know, as demand returns, um, but in general,
0: not to the degree we saw several weeks ago. Yeah, so unpredictable truckload lanes, right? Would that yeah. be a correct categorization? yes, I, and I think you
1: know if you look at the last three years, this has been a, a pretty interesting truckload environment, um, just you know supply chain environment in general just the volatility we 've seen and it 's almost becoming a normal so to speak it 's knowing like how do you how do you react when that volatility happens and I
0: think it goes back to what your overall transportation strategy is right so then how can our audience what can our audience do about the market volatility um, you know there there might be a couple things like maintaining daily reporting, um, highlighting at risk shipments, you know, requesting customers to create shipment volume forecasts by lane, like what are some things that shippers can actively do to combat market volatility? Yeah, good question. And I will tell you a lot of this you know, is, is gonna be
1: customized by shipper and what their objectives are. So we have some folks that we work with that they want more predictability and cost on their supply chain. Um, but then all of a sudden you see a market drop and now they want to ride, you know, the wave of the spot market, so to speak. So as an example, I think one of the first thing to do is assess what is your real strategy when you're looking at your market and how you want your transportation um, expense to be managed. We work with customers on a hybrid approach many times um, that, hey, now might be a good time to, you know, this is this is an ideal target for more of a contract pricing, longer term, if that meets your objectives. Um, and then we have some, especially with the lower market that wanna try to you know, ride the wave, um, so to speak, and are willing to take on a little more risk. Um, it, it comes and goes, um, but you're, you're spot on. I think a lot of it comes down to what they can do to combat it is make sure that they're engaged um, with their carriers, make sure, or their partners like any shipping to help understanding what's happening in the market, how that aligns with their strategy, And then I think also just to understand, you know, who you're working with. Um, I know that sounds like a very basic comment, um, but it's important to understand the carriers you're working with. Are they, how diversified are they? What percent of the business are you to them and vice versa? Um, And how are they financially? So, Mm -hmm. you know, to combat this volatility, it'll be interesting um, coming out of this, right? So we've talked about class A tractor sales are down substantially most since, you know, 2009 coming out of the recession. And follow that period, we also, you know, if you look back to that 2009 period, there was a substantial number of carriers that went out of business. So to combat volatility, I would probably be, I would assess, you know, my current carrier mix, um, make sure they're financially viable, um, understand how they fit, how my my freight fits in their network. Um, Is it, you know, that certainly helps from a, um, you know, from managing the volatility a bit. Um, if it fits nicely within their network and, you know, we've seen things in these last days where, you know, from a from a cash flow standpoint, there are some shippers that um, you're looking at extending terms or maybe doing other things um, that's going to have a very negative effect on a lot of these carriers. And so if you're in partner with a carrier that might be highly leveraged or not, um, you know, that might be something that you might want to you know, look at um, because that could create a challenge right coming out of this in the, in the near future. So that's market volatility.
0: The second part is carrier capacity. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you seeing in the in the the market? What shifts and challenges? Um, what disruptions are going on with within the truckload capacity? Because I know capacity has been a topic for many years. At least I've seen online and um, individuals talk about right. And so you're kind of like, okay, where is capacity even before COVID hit? but now once COVID hit, really what's happening out there? Jeff, what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, so I think in general, I mean, carrier capacity is fairly available, I would say. Um, you know, again, we talked a little bit about the you, know, the, you know, the carrier's networks and being out of balance, however, you know, we finding capacities relatively well available. Um, so from a, a shift, um, we're seeing, you know, tender acceptance is high, um, you know, in general, I'd say it depends on how you know on what segment you might be looking at and your, your overall your freight characteristics. Um, but in general, you know, with with a slow with less demand, um, carrier capacity is actually pretty stable now, and actually it's it's in a much better position than it was
0: say six months ago. Well, that's that's great to hear. So, what are some ways, even with it being more stable, um, are we just talking about traditional you know capacity? best practices here or is there anything else that we might need to think about
1: yeah again I would go from a from a capacity standpoint I I would recommend that you really assess your own network um, you know and, and when you're looking at carrier capacity actually looking at um, how you're engaging with those carriers who you're engaging with and actually also looking at your network and are there opportunities I think it's always a good opportunity to do this but Between different modal shifts, right? Is intermodal an opportunity? Mm -hmm. um, And really assessing, you know, even utilization of equipment. I mean, one of the best ways to, right, to help reduce transportation costs is actually to try to limit the activity. Um, Whether that is more utilization within equipment, or whether that's reduced miles, whatever it is. And that's, you know, that's a strength of ours, David, um, in partnering with eShipping is that we've taken a look, a holistic view of your network, and actually looking at the transactions and the activities taking place. Um, to see if there's any opportunity to reduce that, which in turn um, decreases possibly your need on carrier capacity.
0: A lot of creative ways there to do that, uh, Jeff. And uh, we actually have a PDF called the three ways to pandemic proof your truckload and logistics program, which is actually in a PDF form. So everything that we're talking about here um, is downloadable and we'll put that in the show notes. The last thing is service levels. Service levels. Um, broad term here, but what are you seeing regarding carriers, uh, within their service levels, making sure shipments deliver on time, safely, that type of thing?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're seeing tender acceptance up pretty high on time and, you know, you know, with less demand and more capacity in the market right now, we're certainly seeing service levels increase slightly. Um, they always, they've been relatively good actually for the last at least six months or so. Um, but They've actually been relatively good um, from a service level standpoint. You know, I think um, when I think about service levels, you know, I think, you know, one of the other things to think about is just to continue to assess what you're measuring. Um, You know, there's certainly the basics, the on-time delivery, and just make sure that it's meaningful for your organization. But um, from our standpoint, you know, service is actually performing very well right now. Um, And so that's, again, I think that flows a little bit with um, carrier capacity
0: what are are there any ways that we can be proactive to make sure that we're maintaining those levels you said that there's uh, it's it's not a massive issue but yeah. maybe for some markets it might be is there any uh, ideas that we can uh, execute on um, to maintain those levels or to maybe increase those levels yes yes absolutely so there's a number of things right so
1: um we talked about you know a number of things earlier, right? But one of the things, you know there's the term out there called being a shipper of choice, right? that some unfortunately, that sometimes comes you know becoming a shipper of choice when the market's tight. Um, but mm. it's it's always applicable when it comes down to service levels, right? How is your operation as far as for drivers to be able to come, you know easily access and exit um, without any type of significant detention or hassle? Um, we're seeing some changes right with Covid. Um, where there's new policies, and new regulations. So from a service side, um, the more you can be transparent with carriers and far as communicating any new COVID-related um, type requirements you may have at your facility will help. Um, so the drivers know what to prepare for ahead of time. Um, there, that's been a pretty fluid situation, David. Um, some requirements are changing here and there. Um, other things on, from a capacity standpoint, what a shipper can do, and we talked a little bit about this um, in the, uh, the PDF that you mentioned, um, is you know just engaging your partner and helping them with forecasting and planning. Um, those hours are crucial um, for a carrier to try to set up their network and align a driver um, in order to ensure you know a timely pickup and a timely deliver delivery. So I, I think just that that carrier engagement, providing forecasting, um, talking to your partner. I mean, you know, there are still a number of shippers that are you know doing pickups you know same day. We understand sometimes that's absolutely a requirement, um, but sometimes there's an opportunity to provide more notice, which certainly will reflect
0: positively in service. I love it, it's being proactive. It's making sure that you keep open lines with communication with every vendor of yours to make sure that you know what's going to happen and you can be there to assist and to make sure all the supply chain is running smoothly. That's fantastic. Well, hey, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the People in Supply Chains podcast. Um, we appreciate all your tips. Jeff, where can they find you? Can we find you on LinkedIn? Uh, can we email you? What, what can we do if we have any other questions to reach out? Absolutely. With? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm fairly accessible, and um, feel free to reach out to me there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Hey, uh, for everyone listening, make sure to go give us five stars on, on the uh, Spotify and Apple podcast, wherever you're listening here on YouTube give us a thumbs up and please subscribe. Uh, Thank you so much, Jeff. I really enjoyed this conversation. Great. Thank you, David. Appreciate the time.